Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Hi, C3. Absolutely brilliant to be with you today. Um, I don't know how you've been getting on with the storms. I mean, we've had so many storms. Um, I think they reckoned uh, that they've not had as many named storms in quick succession as they have just recently. And uh, two little things about the storms. Can I just say, um, I found it quite difficult to take the name Eunice, Eunice as a storm, I found it quite difficult to take that one seriously. You know, it's like I just imagine Jesus on the boat and having to say, calm down Eunice. I just don't think Eunice sounds like a storm name. But maybe you're like, yes, it is. Okay. I, 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 I. The other thing is, um, I don't know, in Nottingham where I live, we've got loads of students, as you guys have, and um, I just have to say, like the storm, I am wearing like six coats and the students walk around in shorts and a t-shirt. What is it with young people with storms? They're just like, yeah, listen, I am young. I can overcome all things. And I'm there like just stealing coats off children. No, I don't do that. But I have about five coats on and I'm like, oh. And everybody keeps on saying, you're Scottish. Yeah, I am Scottish. And Scottish people understand coats. That is one thing we get. Wear a coat when you're outside. So anyway, it's brilliant to be here and I'm part of this Red Letter series. You know, the words that Jesus said, there they are in the Bible in red. And today we're going to look at serving. We're going to look at serving. Matthew chapter 20. And I want to look at verse um, 25. Jesus called them together. Matthew 20, verse 25, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is saying here, you know, that if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must become a servant. We must serve. I find this, like, amazing. And then we find it powerful, absolutely powerful, when Jesus then shows this in John chapter 13. There he is, just getting ready in that kind of like journey, beginning journey towards the cross. And we find that Jesus does this incredible thing. You all know it in John chapter 13, just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And then they have this evening meal. And then many of you know, 
The Bible says in 13 verse 5, after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. Jesus has shown us this incredible example of serving by actually getting down and getting amongst the dirty feet of the disciples and washing their feet. The first thing I wanted to say is, you know, I wanted to say that this is kind of like the, the picture of two bowls. You see, Pilate, he had a bowl, and what did he do? He washed his hands. He washed his hands of Jesus. And um, we, we, we read that where it says that, you know, G, Pilate like washed his hands of the situation. A man of power washing his hands saying, do you know what, I want nothing to do with that. And then here we have Jesus with another bowl and he's washing the feet. I think it is really interesting to say, we can wash our hands of others or we can wash the feet of others. We can wash our hands of other people or we can wash the feet of others. Um, it's been interesting to me that like quite a lot of People have said, you know, I'm done with serving. I'm done with being in a serving team at church. I'm out. And lots of people across the country, I've found, have decided that, you know, during this really tough time of, of, of COVID and, and all this isolation, and then, you know, we've come through all this, and that they've come out, and the great revelation that they've come up with is, oh, I'm done with serving. I don't want to be in a serving team anymore. And that churches are finding it really hard to get people into serving teams. And, you know, I just want to say that, you know, it's really interesting here that a man of power called Pilate, he decided to wash his hands of Jesus. He's like, I don't want to take responsibility for that. I don't want to have anything to do with this. You know, let him get taken away. Let him get crucified. I'm washing my hands. I'm not getting involved. And you know, that can be us. We can wash our hands of others. We can say, I don't want to get involved in that. I don't want to get um, dirty and dusty and work hard and have that servant spirit. I actually just want to look after my own deal and look after myself. And that is what a lot of people have kind of chosen to do. But I'm speaking to your soul today. I'm speaking to your spirit and I'm saying, you know, Jesus, he didn't wash his hands of others. He washed their feet. That's what Jesus did. He, he got down and he washed their feet. He got involved. Him, I, I, I understand that often it is easier just to maybe like have the attitude, listen, I, I always want to look after myself. I want to make sure that myself and mine are all good. And then I just want to crack on with life. I don't want to get tangled up in other people's challenges. I don't want to have to get help in other people because it gets messy and difficult. And it really does. When we help other people, when we serve there's no easy way of putting this. It is difficult. You know, I, 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 uh, I find it fascinating that Jesus, he got down there and, you know, their sandals are off, their, their bare feet would have been horrible, and, and Jesus is right there. And this to me is a great picture of serving. I cannot 
paint a picture for you that is picture perfect. And that, you know, you start serving and it is going to be easy and it is going to be lovely. Let me say this to you. If you get down in the dirt and in the dust and start serving, is there a chance that you will get no appreciation? That is possible. You know, however much we try and like work into our culture that we want to be thankful and grateful to those that are serving, we might miss a few. We might, you might do something and no one really appreciated it. But here Jesus is kind of showing, listen, serving is, is, is hard. It's difficult. You know, it, it's not easy being down there in the dust and like cleaning these toes. I mean, ah, oh, can you imagine how gross that would have been? And Jesus is right there amongst that. I mean, some of you even now, you're like, oh, I can't do feet. I cannot do feet. And I get that. But, but you know, Jesus was, was right there serving. There's nothing glamorous about this picture. You know, I'm so thankful that this is in the Bible, that Jesus is saying, this is what serving's about. It, it, it's not glamorous. It's not kind of um, getting the microphone. It's not kind of getting the big stage. Maybe sometimes you will feel like no one really appreciated you. Maybe there will be times when it feels like, you know, you're just kind of like slogging it out. Um, but I, I still want to say to us that Jesus is urging us to really... Get down there, and it, however tough it is, and however hard it is, that we would have that serving spirit. My daughter went uh, to Canada a few years ago on a ministry trip for six months, and she had an amazing time. But one of the most powerful times, she got the chance, they, they went in one of those old yellow school buses that you see in the films. I mean, she was absolutely buzzing. I think she was more excited being in that school bus than she was in anything else. But they, they drove down from Canada and they actually went to LA, to Los Angeles. And one of the most powerful stories that my daughter told me is that they went onto Skid Row. And when they were on Skid Row, and they were trying to help these um, people that were like really struggling, people that were really like sleeping on the street. And Kezia, my daughter, she says, oh, dad, you know, I, I kind of was able to um, help this lady and do some manicures with her hands and do her nails. And, and it was really good. But then... I saw this lady's feet and this lady, her trainers were all ripped to shreds and horrible and, and my daughter felt the conviction of God and she goes, Dad, I felt like I needed to wash this lady's feet and I found it so difficult, Dad. I found it so hard, but I found it so rewarding because it, was, it, it wasn't glamorous, it wasn't good. And my daughter actually took off her own trainers and gave them to this to this old lady. And, and she spent my daughter the rest of the day without any shoes. And she managed to get hold of something and it was, it was all good. But how incredibly proud as a father I felt for, that my daughter came back from this wonderful trip to Los Angeles, to LA. And her story was down in the dust, down in the dirt, cleaning this old lady's feet. And you know, I wanted to say, we can wash our hands of others 
Like Pilate said, I don't want to get involved. He used the bull to say, don't get me involved in others. I'm not interested in this Jesus. Or we can wash the feet of others. The second thing is that I just wanted to say that how beautiful that we see this heavenly humility. This heavenly humility that Jesus shows. You see, Jesus shows us that to be great in God's kingdom it is not about kind of like being the rock star and the superstar and the kind of um, with all the likes on social media and being like this incredible uh, person. But actually, Jesus shows us a picture that actually the greatest in the kingdom of God is the one that is serving. What a beautiful picture. I love this. I went to Bible college. <laughs> I always love saying that because I always feel that some of you are like, really? And you're preaching like that? And you went to Bible college? Yeah, I did. I went to Bible college. And I remember, you know, we were young bucks and we were all wanting to kind of do well and be great preachers and be great in the kingdom of God. And, you know, we, we had all this going on. But I had this, I mean, it is so ridiculous what I'm going to tell you now. It is so silly and so opposite to the kingdom of God that it actually had a profound impact on me because it was just like, we are getting this wrong. We were all like young students and we were ambitious and hungry to be the best. And, you know, we wanted to, we pitied ourselves against each other. We used to kind of like, you know, want to be known as the better preacher and the greater preacher. And then one um, evening, um, all of us went running into the common room because there was a fight. There was an actual fist fight between two guys. And they, they were throwing fight, they were throwing their punches, there was blood. We're not talking about, you know, it wasn't like a Christian fight where they were like, oh, bless you. No, 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 bless you. We're talking like properly in there, punching each other's lights out. And I'll never forget it, that when we managed to pull them apart, we recognized that these were the two drummers um, in the two different bands at Bible College. And when we got hold of this one guy, we're like, what are you fighting with him for? And he said these words, he says, he says, ah, he goes, I am the most anointed drummer at this Bible college. And he's saying he is. So I am giving him a pasting. I'm going to beat him up. I mean, oh, how ridiculous. He was claiming to be the most anointed drummer. And to kind of prove it, he was going to beat the other drummer up. And of course, you are looking at that picture and thinking there is something very badly wrong with that picture. And I, it hit me between the eyes. But you know, sometimes in church, it does become this thing where it feels like people are wanting to kind of be the best anointed preacher, be the best kind of like, uh, you know, uh, pastor, be, I've got thousands of followers. I've got, and it's like, wow, we have lost the understanding of the humility of Christ. Jesus wants us to be servants. And here he is cleaning the disciples' feet. It's not about kind of, you know, some of the things we've made it about. It's not about kind of being the big top dog. It's actually about having that heavenly humility that Jesus showed. 
You know, I, I, I really love this, but Jesus is about to die and yet he is able to get outside of himself and serve others. You know, Jesus would have been absolutely, completely in his right to say, listen, I just need a bit of time. I need to find myself. I need to kind of be looking after number one. I need a bit of self-care here because I'm about to go on a cross. He could really have been doing that. But Jesus was able to kind of live beyond himself. Live beyond himself, sorry. You know, we must live beyond ourselves. And this is what heavenly humility does. It takes us outside of our own head and our own issues and our own challenges. If we serve, then suddenly we come outside of, you know, who we are and what we are. And we are like, oh, other people are more important. You know, someone once said, someone wrapped in themselves makes a very small package. Someone wrapped up in themselves makes a very small package. And we get so full of our own stuff and full of our own importance and full of our own world. It is so incredibly good for us to be out and beyond ourselves and to live in this world where we're saying, Do you know what, it's not all about me. And how Jesus has shown us this in this incredible picture where he is like saying, I'm about to die. I'm about to go in this incredible journey, which is going to be horrendous. But I'm able to come out of my own situation and I'm able to serve others. We must come out of our own world, out of our own stuff. And come into other people's worlds, come into other people's situations and say, you know, I want to serve. Maybe this week you could think about joining a serving team at church. Maybe this week you could think about, you know what, I'm going to serve this week. I'm, uh, my community, my street, my, I, I, I'm going to do some stuff. I love that during lockdown we had amazing stories of people that were just like saying they were really under so much pressure and feeling it in COVID under lockdown one. I heard one guy, he says it was Mark, it was crushing in on me. I, I, I was, I, I, my job was terrible because of COVID and everything was bad and I decided I need to serve others. And what he did was he actually ordered for a coffee van to come on his street and he made sure that all of his street had this beautiful, lovely coffee. And it's like he decided to get out of his own head and serve others. And he says, wow, Mark, it was so incredible because as soon as I began to serve others, it put my own situation into perspective. And it's like, that's what I don't understand when people say to me, oh, I'm not on a serving team. I'm not serving my community. I just got to look after myself. I always say to them, if you understood the amount of fulfillment you would feel when you're actually getting outside of your own world and into someone else's world, we must serve. We must have that servant heart. You see, I want to say that when we begin to serve, the question changes. You see, the question changes from how can I be blessed? And it changes to how can I be a blessing? So many Christians I meet around the country are like absolutely 
captured with this, how can I be blessed? Where can I go to get the biggest blessing? Where can I go to get the biggest blessing for me and my family? I want the blessing. You know, oh, I'm going to go to the church down the street because their preaching's better and it's like I'm going to get a bigger blessing. Or I'm going to go to that church in the other city because their worship is better and I and my family are going to get blessed more. I wonder today if we understood the spirit of serving, we'd understand that the question should not be, how can I be blessed? And actually the question becomes, how can I be a blessing? How can I be a blessing? How can I bless others? How can I encourage others? You know, many people that are on car park teams and churches, they no idea how much of a blessing that they are, that they're the first smiling face that people see when they come through the door. Many of us don't understand that that team that are, uh, the host team that are helping people to their seats are often such a huge part of seeing people get saved. I have the joy and privilege as an evangelist to see lots of people become Christians. But, you know, I know that I'm just part of a team. And that, you know, the fastest growing churches are the churches that have got two things right. Number one, the invite culture. If you're inviting people all the time to your church, then, wow, church will grow. And the second part of the fastest growing churches, it's not about the music, it's not about the preachers, it's actually about those that are serving, the welcome. That that's the two areas, whether, you know, it's inviting and welcoming. And churches that have got that right are the churches that are growing. You see, you can be such a blessing. You can be a blessing in a team. There's all different kinds of teams that you can be on. But even in your street and in your community, could you say, rather than like, how can I get blessed? Please, how can I get blessed? Change that question to, how can I be a blessing? Jesus, here he is, washing the disciples' feet. And I kind of just wanted to begin to bring this to an end when I start to say the heart of a servant, Jesus, he made such a difference just by showing these disciples that the small things, a little kindness can change the world. Little small kindnesses can change the world. Oh man, we are seeing right now on the news the picture of how pride and arrogance is horrendously changing the world. But I also want to say that we can change our world by small kindnesses, by small acts of serving that can actually serve people well. I've done this for a while, but quite often I will um, get a coffee for the person next, next to me in the line. I'll just uh, pay for my coffee and I'll just say to the guy or the lady, I'll say, oh, can you just get their coffee the next around? 
And it's it's a great little thing that I just love to do. And often I just walk off and get in my car and I never see. But one time I did it and the guy behind me, he looked a little bit harassed. And, you know, I was just leaving the, the, the cafe and this is all oh, that guy's just paid for your coffee. And he burst into tears. And he just came running across the cafe and he went, thank you, thank you so much, that means everything to me. Wow, it was two quid, 250 or whatever. You know, it wasn't a big deal for me, but it just was a tiny little thing. It's a tiny little service that really impacted that guy's life. I understood this so powerfully when I realized that actually, you know, we can do a small thing that can make a big difference. On uh, the Golden Gates Bridge at San Francisco, they've been calling it for a long time the suicide capital of the world because so many people go to that bridge and throw themselves off. And a few years ago, they were trying to find out more about these people that were doing that. And uh, another guy had thrown himself off, 45-year-old guy, threw himself off and killed himself on the bridge. And they managed to get his body in, they found out a little bit about him and they found out his little flat where he lived and they went to it. And they got in his flat and they looked around and they're just trying to find some clues about why this man would kill himself. This man lived on his own. But then they got into his little study and on his bureau there was just a little note and the little note said, I'm going to the bridge. If one person smiles at me on the way to the bridge, I will not jump off. And how sad when they read that and realized, obviously no one had smiled at him and he threw himself off. A small, tiny thing like a smile and yet could have made such a big difference. And I want to say that Jesus, he shows us here that these small things can make a big difference. Just by waving to someone and saying hello to them and serving and being on a serving team at church or serving our street or serving our community makes such a powerful difference. You see, power, prestige, position, the world's craving it. But Jesus shows us a picture here that we must be servants, having that servant heart, that we, as Jesus says, if we wanna be great in God's kingdom, we must become a servant. Let's just pray. Lord, would you help us not to follow the trends of the world, chasing power and prestige and position, but would we get down on our knees and become servants for you, that we would see this world changed in a powerful way, in your name, amen. God bless you, church. Great chat with you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. 
Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.